0: Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. We're going to spend some time finishing up our series on Ezekiel here this morning. And... Ezekiel is one of those prophetic books that's rather intense, um, rather heavy and serious. And we've called this series Deep Clean because so much of these first 30-so chapters of Ezekiel are so heavy on the, hey Israel, there is sin in your life, you need to get rid of it. And it's like God says that over and over and over and over and over again. And in this next section, this last section that we're going to talk about this month, we're looking at chapters 18-24. through And it's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of the same stuff where God is saying, hey Israel, there is sin in your life. This is a problem. You need to get rid of it. But there seems to be another emphasis in these chapters. Something that's a little bit heavier. And I don't even want to say metaphor because it's really not a metaphor, but just another aspect of this sin situation that we need to understand as we are moving through the process of a deep clean. And that added element is betrayal. I think all of us in this room have had some sort of experience with betrayal. Am I right? Some of them have been comedic, where your kid betrayed you while you were playing checkers with them or something, and it was funny, and it was like, oh, you. And then we had all the other experiences that were not comical at all. Some of you have had marriages fall apart because of betrayal. Some of you have lost jobs. Because of betrayal. You've lost friends. You've lost family. You've lost money. Some of you maybe have lost homes or vehicles. And you know what? All that all that isn't fun. All that stinks. Losing all those things. Stinks in the betrayal, doesn't it? But there's something worse about the betrayal than just losing those things, isn't it? It's the fact that you had some sort of trust established between you and that other person, and that trust was violated, and it the. of having somebody that you let into your life and letting close and all that happened seems to have happened is that all that closeness didn't matter all that closeness did was seem like they were able to drive the knife in a little bit deeper. Yeah, losing the money, losing the family, losing, losing the job, losing the opportunities, all that stuff, all that is painful, all that hurts, all that is a problem, but the biggest issue is just the personal hurt that comes from betrayal, because a betrayal doesn't happen from an enemy, you've already got your guard up against the enemy, the enemy can't betray you because they've already said they're against you. The betrayal is when it's somebody that is supposed to be on your side, that you thought was on your side. And they turn against you. This, it takes these actions and changes them from just random actions to being hurt by some random decision made by somebody down the road. You can be mad because they, they changed the road signs. Or you can be upset because they, they decided to change the policy at work. Or you're losing vacation days because they've... They've just they've changed how they're handling your, your work schedule or whatever. Like Those things you know that's not a personal attack, right? And you're mad about it. You can be frustrated by it. But it's when those things are personal, it takes it from just this separate arbitrary rule, law, idea and makes it a personal attack. Well, as we look at the book of Ezekiel, and we we look at these few chapters here, we see that the Israelites have embraced sin, and throughout these chapters, the Israelites just don't get it. They don't see how they are sinners. They go and they're like, God, why are you treating us poorly? We're your people, man. It's totally not just for you to, to hurt us because we are your people. We've got your temple. We're, we're doing some of the sacrifices. They even, they even go and they worship idols and then they go to their home temple and say you know what yeah I worshiped at those idols but I'm still coming to the temple and so God should be speaking to me God should still be blessing me because that's still part of my culture that's still part of my life I should still have that and time after time after time the Israelites don't seem to understand that they are sinning or they don't understand how hurtful their sin is and what their sin really is Are they? I think they would probably say, yeah, I'm not following all the rules. I'm not following all the rules. But some of those rules don't matter. They're just rules. And so that goes on. And God calls Ezekiel to stand up and talk to them over and over again. And then in chapter 23 and 24, things start to get really serious. And in chapter 23, God talks about Israel with the image of being a couple of sisters who are prostitutes. Ohola and Oholaba would be Judah, the southern kingdom, and Samaria or Israel, the northern kingdom, because the kingdom had split. And he talks about this nation of Israel in these two split pieces as two sisters. And these two sisters are prostitutes. And they go around and they go with everyone, every other nation, every other God, every other belief, and they turn to to money and they turn to idols and they turn to power and they turn to Egypt and they turn to all these things in order to give themselves power and give themselves freedom and to get something. And they ignore their husband. And then in chapter 24, verse 15, Ezekiel 24, verse 15, this happens. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel. Son of man, with one blow, I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament Or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly, do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. Okay, you ready for this? So I spoke to the people in the morning. And in the evening, my wife died. And the next morning I did as I had been commanded. You catch that? God took Ezekiel's wife... Either God caused it or he let it happen, whatever. As a statement to the people of Israel, he took Ezekiel's wife. She died. And God wanted Ezekiel to use this as a statement to the people of Israel, saying that they were going to lose something they held precious, and they had no right to mourn over it. Now, between that and this, what happens in chapter twenty-three with the prostitutes and the ideas there, wherein in verse chapter 23 verses 35 to 39 it says therefore this is what the sovereign lord says since you have forgotten me and turned your back on me you must bear the consequences of your lewdness and prostitution the lord said to me son of man will you judge ohola and oholaba then confront them with their detestable practices for they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. They, they committed adultery with their idols. They even sacrificed their children whom they bore to me as food for them. And they have also done this to me. At the same time, they defiled my sanctuary and desecrated my Sabbaths. I think through all of this, and there's a lot of lessons and there's a lot of imagery and there's a lot of things to unpack in this, but I think through all of this, there is a statement that we need to understand. There is a there is a reality that we need to understand that God is trying to drive home to the Israelites and He is trying to drive home to us. And that is the simple fact that sin is not just some arbitrary rule break. It is not just there's somebody sat down, made a rule about something for some reason, and you break that rule. God wants you to understand that sin at its core is a violent betrayal of God's love for you. Sin is a violent betrayal of the love that God has for you. It's not, it's not as simple and, and disconnected as, as a, a rule change at work. It's not, it's not a traffic law. It's not something that God said, these are the rules and they need to matter, and if, if you don't follow those, I'll be upset. It's the reality that sin is a betrayal of his love for you. It's like It's like when mom gives you your lunch money and you go to school and instead of buying lunch you buy weed. It's like going to work And building a relationship with someone just so that you can find out something about them, so that you can throw them under the bus and get them fired and get their job. It's like looking at a family member and knowing that they love and trust you and give you the benefit of the doubt. And so you just keep on lying to them. When we sin, when we lie, when there is lust or sex outside of the confines of marriage, when we chase after money, when we fill our hearts with pride and with greed, when we look at somebody else with hatred in our hearts. Those are not just breaking some arbitrary set of rules set aside somewhere that don't really matter. All of those actions are a violent betrayal of God's love for us. They are like the act of a wife going into prostitution. It is that kind of betrayal between a husband and a wife. It is that kind of betrayal that our sin is. And God is trying to get that across to His people. He's saying, this isn't just... Some thing on the side that doesn't matter. Sin isn't just something that goes on and and you can forget about it and you can ignore some of these rules because they really don't matter. They have nothing to do with anything. They're just some bunch of rules that I made up because I'm power hungry. No, this is our relationship. This is our relationship. And when you do these things, you are breaking our relationship and you are, you are betraying me. You are taking this love that I am offering to you and you are spitting it back in my face. And that is not what God wants. And he's not bringing it up in this vindictive, angry way that says, You guys are just horrible, horrible, good for nothings, and I want nothing to do with you. He actually says over and over, I want you to turn away. I want you to change. I want you to do something different. I want you to stop this. I want you to come home. He says in in chapter 18, He says, but if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they have committed and keeps all My decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. They will not die. And we know, we know that because of the work of Jesus, the work of Christ, that He has made that absolutely possible, that He has restored the relationship, that He can look at all the past betrayals and He can bring forgiveness to them and He can bring restitution and restoration to them and He can bring new life to us and He can change how we are on the inside and He can make it so immensely clean that He can make our sins as far from the east as from the west as if they're no longer present, they never happen and He can restore that relationship. Relationship and make it true. But we have to repent. We can't let the sin continue in our lives. We can't look at the sin that is in our lives and say, you know what, I am clean enough. We can't look at the sin that's in our lives and say we're good enough. We can't look at the sin in our lives and go, that, that bit, that's no big deal. And I had a conversation with somebody a while ago about their marriage. And I talked through some of the things that I saw in this relationship, saw in their marriage, and this was, this was a couple who, quite a bit older than me, had been married a lot longer than me. But I saw some issues, and I, I'm just I'm done ignoring the issues that I see in people's marriages. Marriages are falling apart, left, right, and center, and I am done ignoring it. And so I knew I had to just say it. And so I had that conversation with them. And he said to me, you know, Evan, you're pretty observant. I think that's alright, what you're, what you're noticing you know I am. And I've known it for a long time. I've always been a really selfish person. And he didn't say it as ah, shoot, I've been selfish. And that's why my marriage is the way it is. It was a Yeah, my marriage is kind of like that. But partially, it's just because I'm a selfish person and that's how I'm going to be. Now, I don't know if there was something different going on in his heart, but it definitely appeared to me that it was a statement of, (laughs) I see that little bit of sin in my life and that's just who I am and I'm going to leave it. Sin is a violent betrayal of God's love for you. And it is such a big deal. That's why Christ had to come and die and be raised to life to defeat it, to take its power away. And when we are okay with that sin existing in our life, we are okay with betraying God. We are okay with taking advantage of Him. We are okay with cheating on Him and saying, you know what? I've got needs. I'm going to go somewhere else. You've given me this thing. Just let me use it. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I hold to you on the big stuff. You know what? I'm here with you on the weekends. It doesn't matter who I sleep with during the week. You know, our relationship isn't all that deep anyway, so as long as I'm still giving you the, what you need, I'm, I'm still paying your bills. Can you imagine saying that to your spouse? Here's the here's a, here's a real painful part. I think some of you have actually had that experience or know somebody that has had that experience where their spouse has said that to them. Is, that, is, is anything about that, does anything about that feel acceptable to you? And God is trying to drive that home and show us that sin is like that. Sin is a violent betrayal of God's love for us. So we need to do a deep clean. We need to get rid of that stuff. We need to repent. I imagine that some of you here are hearing God whisper to you about some of the things in your life that's not right. And you are actively trying to justify it and explain why it's not a big deal or why dealing with it, repenting of it, is going to be such a big problem that you can't, you just don't want to walk down that road or that's going to make things worse or the consequences to admitting it are going to be. Last week, justifying your sin doesn't get rid of it. Stop justifying it. And some of you, you're you're just trying to ignore the whisper in the back of your mind of what that sin is. Folks, it is time to clean things up. No part of that sin is supposed to be in our lives. And it doesn't have to be. And your life will actually be better without it. And you will have a stronger relationship with God. And that will unlock things inside of you and beyond you that you cannot even imagine. But we got to do the deep clean. You can't just cheat on God on the weekends. You can't just cheat on God once a week, once a month, once a year, and think that it's okay. No, the cheating is wrong. It is unacceptable. The betrayal is wrong. We need to live a life of purity, of righteousness, that rejects all sin. That sin that is in your life, you've got to hate it. Don't hate yourself. Hate those behaviors that you accept. And that goes for you if you're 10 or if you're 50 or if you're 90. The sin that God is saying to you and revealing to you and showing you in your life, now is the moment. Now is the moment to repent. Now is the moment to take the step to get rid of it. Surrender it to Him. Let Him forgive you. to show you the better way to walk. The worship team's going to come up. And they're going to do two, three songs. And during these two or three songs, this is a perfect moment to process these words. God's words to you. If you need to kneel in your seat, if you need to come to the altars, if you need to go talk to somebody, you go do that. If you don't want to sing the song and you just know that you've got to spend some time in prayer, you do that. If you know and God has put it on your heart and said you're actually betraying the person across the room or you're betraying the person at home, you go fix that. And don't let the enemy tell you that by admitting these things repenting of these things that God will somehow actually be more angry at you or He will reject you or by confessing these things God won't love you anymore. That, that is foolish. That is a lie. God wants you to come home. And He loves you. And He sees all that you've done and He still loves you and wants you. But you've got to come home. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.